Columbus Headline News. I'm your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by Mr. History, Eric Perrot. Good evening, gentlemen. And our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? We're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all servicemen and women. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as the Swearing In Podcast presents Service Headline News. Woo! I was fun. One of these days, I'm going to get it. I, I got to invest in one of those mixers so I can play the music at the same time instead of doing this all post-production. Oh, I like yeah. the new music, too, by the way. I like the new music. I've had that music out there for several months. I know. I still like it. I'm just telling <laughs> yeah. you I like it. I like it. Good, good. Yeah, it's a it's a Patreon page that the, the guy throws out there, and he's like, you can use one song per podcast. So if you have another channel, you got to pay another five bucks no. that he charges. But you can, you can choose any of his music. It's really cool. Like it's really cool. It's a lot cheaper than uh, buying some rights uh, that I've tried to find on the internet. You know, a lot of people provide it, but they, they charge a lot gotcha. of money. Right? They charge a lot of money. But good. Cool. Um, there was a documentary. So I, I, I was like... Hey, maybe I should do my due diligence and start watching every military documentary I can find. Right? I found one on <laughs> Amazon. I know, I know. There's a bunch. Oh of them. my god! Well, but I mean, you know, some of them are good, some of them are not so good. Sure. You know, I remember, I remember when Restrepo came up, right? And everybody was like, "Oh fuck, Restrepo!" And Restrepo was pretty good. That was, I liked that it. Was, oh, yeah, I liked that one. Well, right? As I think that was the first time we really saw uh, kind of the war in Afghanistan. You know, at the ground level, right there. At the there ground with, level, yeah. with actual with actual footage and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, this one was, I think it was, uh, I forgot the year, um, but it was, I think it was around 2003, and it was this whole Apache uh, company that went over there uh, to, hmm. I think it was when they first went into Iraq, and they were supposed to conduct this kind of movement to contact they were they were uh support supporting the attack up uh through iraq and they were going to engage some uh armored battalions that were supposed to be north of iraq but they had moved south hmm. and they have uh the film uh from and all the radio calls right from like three different apaches and one for to give you an example now they were supposed to conduct this operation. They got so shot up, they were like turning around. They're like, we're turning around. We're going home. Hmm. But as they were flying, uh, and, and they also did a good job of showing how their corridor that they were planning on having this big, long, large corridor to maneuver around in. Well, they had to shut down uh, like the east side because the Air Force was using it. And then they had to shut down like their west side uh, because another, uh, some other aviation unit was, and all of a sudden it just narrowed and they showed that really cool on the map. And they're like, well, we were planning on going way out here, but now we can't. Now we Not have to fly to over all these little cities. And they showed, uh, uh, one time when they were coming up on one city and you could see all the lights and everywhere they were flying, there were just this occasional pop, pop. You know, people were just <laughs> randomly shooting at them. But they were flying up on the city. All the lights went out. Ooh. And they're oh, like, holy that's... shit, they showed that on the film. And then all the lights came back on. And they're like, what is going on? And as soon as all the lights came back on, you could see all the tracer rounds start shooting at them. So it was yeah, some kind of internal shoot. signal Ooh. that the Iraqis had. a coordinated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like, as soon as we turn the lights off and we turn it back on, just start shooting up in the air. And it was crazy. Great documentary. It's called Apache Warrior. I'm going to have to check that one out. And it was from 2017. I was all jazzed. I found it. I was like, oh, this is six years old. <laughs> one more time with the name. Apache Warrior. Apache Warrior. And it was on Amazon Prime. So, and it's free. So it's, uh, oh, it's nice. very annoying. It's free, but it's like free with commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the commercials aren't timed. You know, so you're in the middle of this intense firefight with the radio calls, and all of a sudden, some 
stupid commercial. Beer commercial. On. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even entertaining. I wonder if there's somebody's job there. Hey, watch this and show us where would be the most exciting point to put a commercial. Well, if they did, they should fire that guy because it was in mid-sentence, the commercial starts. And you're like, motherfucker. This is annoying as shit. So nice. it was, I don't know, it was provided like through Freeform or something like that, but you know, yeah. whatever the license is at. Pretty, I'm looking at it now. 2017 documentary. Hour, yeah. hour and a half? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Okay, was I might check that out. It was really entertaining. They had a, a I guess the back seater is the pilot in the Apache. The yeah, front seater is like the gunner. weapons and comms person. Yeah. Um, and they had a female, a female lieutenant who was in there. And Very um, cool. yeah, it was really and one of the one of the three camera or films that they had was from their Apache. So that was pretty neat. That was pretty cool. Mm. Anyway. Cool. Uh Eric regale us with <laughs> this week in U.S. military history. Something true and dear to my heart as well as yours, I'm sure. This, September 18th, 1947, a couple things occurred. It was the passage of the National Security Act, 1947. That legislation created what would later become to be known as the State Department, United States Department of Defense. Sorry, State Department. Department of Defense, which also established the United States Air Force as a separate branch of military military service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 17, or uh, actually yesterday, 18 September, uh, the Air Force celebrated its 71st, 75th birthday. But I wanted to give you a couple things, a little timeline action. So started with humble beginnings. You know, balloons had long been used for observation of various kinds. U.S. Civil War began. Ballooning was adopted as a reconnaissance tool. So it started with balloons. In come the Wright brothers with Kitty Hawk. In 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright make the first mechanical, heavier-than-air flight using a gas-powered propeller aircraft. All right. So we move in to the U.S. Army Signal Corps. Thaddeus Lowe was named chief of the Union Army Balloon Corps. The long march to a separate Air Force began. So you had Aeronautical Division Signal Corps, 1907, Aviation Section Signal Corps, July 1914, Division of Military Aeronautics, May of 1918, the Air Service, which was part of the U.S. Army, May of 1918, the U.S. Army Air Corps was established in July 26, July of 1926, and then the U.S. Army Air Forces were established in June of 41. So the next step was our friend, General Billy Mitchell, who was passionate about air power being the next big thing versus yep. Navy, Navy boats, right? So we move into World War II, and then Billy Mitchell's concept was correct. Uh, American air power was, to the, to the, was put to the test in World War II in the following ways. One, as a method of intelligence gathering, as a way to deliver troops to the battlefield, and ultimately as a way to deliver atomic weaponry that would bring the war to its end with the surrender of Japan following the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Army Air Forces were said to operate almost independently from the rest of the U.S. Army at this time, which resulted in the creation of a separate branch of service that would be more than a symbolic move, to more formally address the issue of American military air power. It recognized that combat in the air, from the air, and from surface to air required a whole separate type of planning and organization. So September 18, 1947, happy birthday, the United States Air Force. Happy birthday, U.S. Air Force. Mm. Happy birthday. I thought it was interesting that one of the guys I interviewed in the first year, uh, John Andy Anderson, he had joined the army and they had come around, I think it was in 48 and they were like, Hey, who wants to join the air force? And it was like, well, it's gotta be better than the army. So, you know, a bunch of them raised their hand. Yeah. And that, that's how it was. Yeah. That's it. I remember him saying that. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a test. There wasn't uh, uh, any kind of qualification. I, I it, it amazes me that the military did so little paperwork and got so much done back then. Yeah. And now we can't oh, do anything yeah. without paper. 
Well, I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, we we pretty much just transitioned to a space force, right? I know there's been a yeah, lot well, to apart do, from but paperwork. But you're right, though, Eric. They did just pretty much go. Who wants to be in the space force? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, well, yeah, that's yeah. true. Right. Yeah, that's so, true. So I creation. Wonder, I wonder if people in the army back then had the same view of the air force, air force, oh, yeah. uh, as people do of the space force right now. You know what I mean? Uh, and they still do of the air force. I mean, you can't talk to another branch army or Marines that don't go, Oh, you're in the chair force. How often do you uh, hear that? But what I mean is why do we have to have an air force, right? There were probably people saying that back then. Oh yeah. Like there are people saying, why do we have to have a space? Force? Yeah. Navy was probably shit. just like, right. Let's, hey, we'll we just got have it all. Yeah, we just yeah, army. They they can just have planes. Navy didn't yeah. give a shit just, because they're like, we got all ours contained. Yeah, yeah. We so have aviators. We have marines. We have you know everything all contained in in together. So. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. the marine aircraft too, which is the ground support, <laughs> the Harriers and stuff. And so why? Because one reason is because the fact that we couldn't freaking coordinate you know, ground to air or air to ground support of ground troops from multiple services. So each service wanted to be able to go, okay, I'm going to take care of my guys. Don't bring in your army pilots or your air force pilots to support my Marines. My Marines will take care of it with their own. Well, I think that was also part of that MEF and MOO concept, right? The Marine Expeditionary Force and the Marine Expeditionary Unit. Mm. So when they go somewhere, they can deploy a whole force that has ground, air, sea, sure. everything self-contained, but they can't sustain it for very long. Yeah. It's everything but their own medics. Navy. Yeah, what's up with that? That is strange. I don't understand. That is strange. They still go to a oh. Navy corpsman, or yeah. they go to an Air Force pararescue man. Yeah, yeah the weird. Navy corpsmen roll around with them all the time. They don't have any of their own medics, which is, I don't, Understand that tradition or justification. I don't either. Uh, but we need a 70... navy rep. <laughs> <laughs> All the navy reps are surly. You know, they're so surly. Uh, but 76th anniversary. So well done, Air Force. Right on. Yeah. Uh okay, let's see. Let's <laughs> and and I thought Billy Mitchell was a close second. On our all military Air Force general, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He I, was fought, badass. I fought for Billy Mitchell. You did fight for Billy Mitchell, but yeah. he was Pap, badass. Pap Arnold won. So, only because he was the grandfather, man. Yeah, I, I get it. But but Billy Mitchell was, uh, well, Doolittle was up there too, but he never made, or Doolittle didn't make general, right? Yep. Yeah, he did. So, uh, okay, so let's get on the news. Uh, let's talk, uh, like I said, obliquely about Ukraine. <laughs> Uh, but we all realize that apparently for 20 years of war in Afghanistan and Iraq, all we had to worry about was five, five, six ammunition. Apparently, right? That was it because we had, we weren't shooting a lot of anything. We weren't shooting javelins. We weren't shooting, you know, dragons. We weren't shooting, uh, uh, a lot of artillery. Well, because it was all, you know, mount operations, you know. Right. It was counterterrorism stuff. Right? Can't can't go blowing shit House up. to house stuff. Yeah. So uh, what did they do? Did they just like, oh, we're good with what we got. We don't need to restock it. We'll never fight another war except global war on terror ever again. <laughs> so why build up our stockpiles, right? And they were like, you're giving how much to Ukraine? <laughs> Holy shit, we don't have that we're, much. We're drained. They're, they're swinging open the doors and they're like, see, there's not that much in here, man. <laughs> well, uh, apparently artillery rounds is the big measure of how short we are of, on ammo. So task and purpose, this is the first story from task and purpose. The Pentagon plans <laughs> to produce 100,000 artillery shells a month in 2025. Right, and this is what amazes me is that they say they haven't been. I apparently they haven't produce, been producing much of anything right now because they don't have that much. And now all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we need more artillery shells," and they're like, "Oh shit, give away." We shut that whole production line down. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know. Um. 
Anyway, the article goes on to say the U.S. military already is ramping up production of 155-millimeter artillery rounds, but now the Pentagon's weapons acquisition chief is setting a higher goal for 2025. The military will make 100,000 155-millimeter rounds per month, or more than 1 million in total that year. Wow. Hmm. Douglas Bush, the Army's Assistant Secretary for Acquisitions, Logistics, and Technology, said that the Army will be manufacturing between 80 and 85,000 155-millimeter rounds uh, per month next year. But Bill LaPlante, the Pentagon's <laughs> Undersecretary for Acquisition and Sustainment. Uncle is, Bill. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bill. Bill stepping in. Uncle Bill says he expects an even higher amount in 2025. Uncle Bill said we're going to be at a 100,000 per month in 2025. We're at 14,000 per month six or eight months ago. We are now at 28,000 a month. Ooh. So they're going from 28,000 to 100,000 per month. That's huge. That's it would you would think that'd be like twenty four seven operations. You would think we were at full on war. Yeah. Well, but what were they doing before that? You know, I mean, I don't understand. Were they producing nothing? We weren't. Well, you know what though? We weren't I, I, using that much. I guess. I think yeah, right. the Ukraine no, war. Production. In my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I I picture the Ukraine war just like you would in World War One, where you had no man's land with machine guns. So now you got the Ukraine defensive line, you got the Russians defensive line, and all they're doing is lobbing those artillery shells over at each other, well, creating that space. You're right. And they did say they've gone into kind of trenches. Yeah. Uh, and so artillery is the big uh, killer on trench warfare. And since we, you know, didn't do a whole lot of trench warfare, especially like we were talking about malin operations, terrorist operations, there wasn't a, a huge requirement for those. I would think. Uh, probably not. There's probably more requirement for 105 uh, yeah. shell or rounds because those are a little bit more responsive. Um, but well, I have a yeah. question. Is is the 155 interchangeable with artillery pieces and tanks? Can no. they go either? No. So is it artillery pieces only? It's not a tank round then. Uh, tank rounds are, I think they're 120, but they're also... Okay. Uh, it's different. There's a smooth bore. It's, it's a whole different thing. Artillery rounds are separate loading, which means you put the, you put the artillery round and shell into the breach. And then, uh, uh, you ram that home and then the powder you put in separate into the breach and then you close the breach. And so it's, there's no canister to it. Okay. Right. So, uh, whereas a tank round, a 120 millimeter tank round is all self contained, so that when they bring it, looks like a, a, a an enormous bullet, right? yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you could make an artillery round interchangeable, so no. thank you. No, you uh, the closest thing you got is Private Ryan when they took the mortar shells and they were knocking them on the thing and they were throwing, yeah, which is unrealistic, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, the Ukraine-Russia conventional war has shown just how quickly armies can burn through artillery ammunition with both sides firing between five to 6,000 shells per day at certain points in the fight. Dang, that's a yes, lot. That's a lot. And that's and that, and the problem with shooting that much a day is that you're either very inaccurate and like you don't have good forward observers with target location Um. Or you're, you're just not effective. I mean, there's no reason to shoot that yeah. much unless there's one target you're just trying to, you know, like you're trying to bring a building down. Now, can you laser target with an artillery shell and have like uh, a smart, smart artillery round? They, they have those. They used to be called uh, Copperhead, but that's, but they've made, that was 20 years ago. So they've made improvements mm. over that. Yeah. Okay. And that's, uh, but that's precise munition stuff. This is just, I assume they're just talking about one five five millimeter high explosive artillery rounds. Okay. You know. Um in fact, since February twenty twenty two, the United States has provided Ukraine with more than two million one five five millimeter rounds. 
We've given them two million. So if we're going to ramp up to a hundred thousand per month in 2025, that'll take us two years to make 2 million. Wow. And we're just like, there you go, Ukraine. We're not using them. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're not concerned about China and Taiwan at all. We're not using those. We're, yeah. we're all about GWAT. We're all about <laughs> war on terror right now. And somebody tapped him on the shoulder. He's like, Hey man, uh, I think we're going to need those. So, <laughs> Uh, it's crazy, right? Yeah, two uh, it's amazing. But this uh, uh, representative or whoever it was, Uncle Bill, he's denied Bill. that the U.S. military has burned through its own supplies. No, 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 we've got our own. Those were just two million spares laying around. We've That's got bonus. We've got enough. <laughs> right, right. Huh. So, in an effort to make up for those lost stores, U.S. military has ordered new production lines to turn out one five five millimeter shells. New production lines that still but, blows but me wait. away. It just says in order to replenish the lost shell, like why would we have to replenish them if they're just extra? That's that's we exactly have our right. own stores. That's right. That's why I, I that's why I like, bolded that statement. It's like, but not we have to replenish them to replenish, we've got but more we're good. <laughs> we have enough. I don't and then on the that. other hand, he's like, well, we're going to replenish the the shit we don't yeah. have it's like wait i thought you said oh we do have enough we're good yeah i'm gonna loan you some money but <laughs> i'm getting that back right i'm gonna get this immediately like immediately i'm getting it back right <laughs> it's great it's such a lie man you know what's funny too is uh i i just wanted to know where they're made artillery shells are made in at the scranton army ammunition plant in, in guess what state pennsylvania, pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that with all the shit that they're going through right now, I think it's just funny. I, it's yeah. weird that we only go through one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's another place, uh, the General Dynamics Ordnance and Tactical System facility, which is in nearby Wilkes-Barre. It fills them at a government facility in Iowa. I do remember, and this oh, was under you? this was under Bush Senior, hmm. right? I do remember a time when uh, they couldn't get us enough. And it was some government thing or something like that, but we couldn't order more artillery shells. So a battery has eight guns in it. And they were like, Oh, we're just popping. We're just popping, uh, uh, primers today. So yeah, once you put, you, you put the shell in, you put the powder and you close the breach then you put this primer in. it's like a shotgun shell. Sorry. Right. You put that in. And then when you pull the cable, that's what fires that shell that ignites the powder that throws the shell. But we couldn't, we were at like end of year and they didn't have any more artillery shells for us. So okay. like, oh, we're doing uh, one gun will fire one round. The other seven guns will just pull primers. No, so you okay. had one gun firing yeah. and the other ones were just pulling the primers. I was like, Jesus Christ. And that was under Bush Sr. The stingers were the same way. We, we, we had stingers in Korea. Every year you'd get a one live fire with the army units out at green beach yeah so yeah. osan and kusan both had two squadrons of stinger guys so one would be selected from osan and one would be a, a you know picked from kusan to do an actual live fire the rest of us were walking around with a freaking duddy and you had to just go through the motions and putting the battery in was and, it like a blue yeah. trainer or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it <laughs> a rubber gun you yeah. you <laughs> right. wasn't quite that bad wasn't quite that bad but you would thought yeah i mean you'd Pull the antenna, you put in the BCU, screw it in, and that was your exercise. But don't yeah. worry, you'll be proficient when war comes around. Yeah. So one lucky guy a year gets to shoot it. It's, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. One guy. Jeez. One guy. So your whole career, you did it one and a half times? Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I never even got to shoot a live round. Are you I, kidding? No, no way. No. Come on. No. I did the uh, school at El Paso. At Fort Bliss, yeah. where you guys, right? So it was yeah. all a video game there. You stood on a big stage in front of a big theater, and you'd actually track an aircraft oh, really? with this stinger yeah. on your shoulder. Wow. Yeah. Now, I oh. went to post every day with live rounds, but I never got to put one on my shoulder or pop a case. You didn't do a desk pop? <laughs> no. <laughs> no desk I pop. I do a desk pop, man. Did but I didn't. So... <laughs> 
Because for cops, for us Air Force cops, that shit was a you know special duty. Right. You, you'd get right. hammered yeah. if you screwed that up. Right. Oh, that's good. Right. What was that from? The other guys? Is that the yeah. other guys? <laughs> that's that's such pop. a good movie. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're <laughs> short on artillery, but don't worry, in a couple of years we'll be a-okay. Or we'll just keep sending more to Ukraine. Who knows? So everything I saw about Ukraine was Ukraine's winning the war. We're killing Russia. There, killing it Russia. should be over here shortly. Right? Did you see it, though? I mean, in every freaking news outlet. I that- heard uh, General <laughs> Milley say this is not going to be over anytime soon. Okay, but I'm just saying... Things that Fox News, I know Fox is the big red freaking news, but then you're going to CBN and that 1945 um, news channel. It's called 1945. They always post how Ukraine is just kicking the snot out of Russia. So it's interesting to, to get that. So what do they say? It should be just a couple months and Putin will be at the negotiating table? Well, now everybody's concerned because he's moving those tactical nuclear devices into Belarus. So they feel like uh, Poland's starting to be threatened, and Putin is being threatened. So he's going to potentially use a tactical nuke. Because Ukraine's doing so well. Yeah, that that would make sense, though, right? I like the way you... like a last resort. Ukraine is doing so well. You're a dumbass, We're okay with this? (laughs) Like, we haven't approached him about a treaty or anything? We're okay with... Killing, killing, killing nukes. The Belarus. I mean, if you if Ukraine was doing so well, why are they going to all these other uh, European countries and going, "Hey, send our Ukrainians back"? There's video of them capturing Ukrainians on the street so they can go back and fight. Uh, I haven't seen that. I've seen it. It's nasty. Right. I'm just saying. So anyway, um, but hopefully it'll be over, and then all these uh, artillery shells will just be ours. We won't have to, <laughs> we won't have to give them away. <laughs> so we're supposedly sending all this equipment to Ukraine, right? <clears throat> and I've had this question for a long time. It's like, you know, we're sending all this aid. Uh, one, I don't know what Ukraine's doing with the money that we're sending them. It's like, what are they doing? What are they doing? But they buying weapons from something else? Of course they're not. Um, but the equipment we're sending over there to them, and we've all hand receded equipment, right? Sure. We've all been responsible. We've all had to turn in equipment to clear base sure. right? or to clear a post. Well, what's happening to all this stuff they're sending over to equip or sending over to Ukraine? Well, from Stars and Stripes, they report on a recent IG report that was just the results were made public on Monday. And the IG concluded that U.S. weapons heading to Ukraine are at risk of theft from lack security. Ooh, of course they are. <laughs> right? what? No. How could we expect anything different? Right. Here's what's funny. He says that, like, our stuff isn't at risk of theft, Right. We yeah. we've done five freaking stories stories of people <laughs> stealing random crap like big artillery and a tank and yes oh yeah off, off bases what and an epiphany they found right and yet, I'm not I'm I'm not saying we're at a higher standard of security of them I don't know but yeah should that, happen the potential <laughs> is high yeah it oh, doesn't take a high. Huge report to figure this out. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, according to the Defense Department Inspector General report released to the public on Monday, weapons and ammunition that U.S. soldiers are moving across Europe and transferring to Ukraine at a logistics site in Poland risk being lost or stolen because security measures aren't being observed consistently. Huh. Who wouldn't have thought? In one lapse, a batch of Bradley fighting vehicles with machine guns inside was mistakenly left unguarded at the site. Whoopsie. <laughs> right? Where is where is Fred? Blah, he he went down to get something. He's got to a smoke break. <laughs> Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, the U.S. alone has given Kiev more than 40 billion dollars in security assistance 
Some donated military equipment is initially sent from the U.S. to air and seaports in Europe. Other supplies come directly from U.S. military facilities on the continent. American service members transport all of it to depots on NATO's eastern flank, where it's transferred to Ukrainian trucks and trains. The IG investigation focused solely on military aid being handed over at major Pol uh, Polish logistics hub before it is moved by rail into Ukraine. The report warned that personnel are not consistently adhering to security controls, which exist partly to prevent arms, ammunition, and explosives from getting into the hands of criminals and terrorist groups. Hmm. Uh, the evaluation was conducted between January and June of this year. Uh, investigators traveled to Poland in March to observe two missions in which aid was brought to a railway yard and transferred onto Ukrainian trains. One of the transfers was said to involve 60 containers that arrived by German rail, along with six M109A6 howitzers and six M992 artillery ammunition carriers. It, uh, another one was uh, 14 Bradleys, 12 howitzers, and seven ammunition carriers. In both cases, investigators found that troops tasked with guarding the equipment were, quote, not completely prepared for their mission. Specifically, we observed several instances where the guard force did not have the required documentation, communications equipment, or force posture for the sensitive cargo they escorted. So here's some highlights. The non-commissioned officer in charge of the truck convoy was unaware that machine guns were being transported in the Bradleys. <laughs> the officer, the non-commissioned officer told investigators that the team had not verified the cargo before departing from an installation in Mannheim, Germany. And now, we are talking about U.S. security, right? Yeah. We're not talking about handing it over to right. they had no, Ukrainian security. They had or... no pre-inventory uh, before they left. Wow. Uh, so, therefore, they could not account for the weapons by serial number. Ooh. Military guards who arrived with some of the Bradleys at the rail yard Remained with the equipment overnight, but returned to their home station the following morning. See you guys. We'll, so we'll talk to you later. Hey, day shift's problem. Day shift. <laughs> yeah, fuck. We were on all night, baby. I don't know where Sign, guys sign this problem. hand receipt. Sign this hand receipt. After yeah, 7 o'clock, I'm out. So I'm they out. left no armed guards to maintain surveillance and checks <laughs> on these vehicles containing weapons. But never fear, because there were two Polish police officers in a van patrolling the site as part of the rail yard's normal security. Important. Good to go. You got two Polish guys So that's the thing. <laughs> if they would have known there were machine guns and stuff in there, would they have acted differently? Uh, I would think. Even I, I would know hope what so. Was in there. Well, let's, let's do it. Let's back it up, Jake. Let's back it up and go, hey, you got a sign for all this shit. What? So let's do an inventory. Let's go through serial numbers. Oh, you've got machine guns in the freaking Bradley. Let's yeah. do that. Oh, like, oh, yeah. I know what's in there because I'm signed yeah, it's for it. It's going to take all day. Right. Well, I did a desk pop on oh. the freaking Bradley. <laughs> exactly. And I count. <laughs> Get this. In June, several boxes of ammunition were stolen from a train without the guard force's knowledge. Now, the Polish police were able to recover the ammunition later. But the fact that they were stolen, yeah, I mean, you just got bandits waiting. This is like the old West. They're just you, waiting. You know for what the that train. was like? That was, hey guys, they know it's missing. Just bring back the boxes. <laughs> no one's back. getting in trouble. Just bring come them on, back. man. Just fill it with rocks. <laughs> yeah, we got a bag. Like swing shift. He's like, I thought it was like we could take some samples. <laughs> Oh, who's signed for this? And that's why those guys left in the morning because they're like, I'm not signed for this shit. Let's go. Because <laughs> <Yeah, I'm done. laughs> that's how you get any military guy to give a shit is like, you're signed for it. If this goes missing, that's coming out of your pay. It's pick. on you. That guy then cares. Yeah. Right. But if absolutely. he's not hand receipted, if he's not signed for it, he's like, dude. Can you see it. what a freaking hand receipt looked like for a fucking full Bradley's? 500 M16 machine guns. <laughs> uh, so none of Brad, that you got that 500 machine guns in there? God damn. <laughs> Run the you inventory think, for me. 
you think when we left Afghanistan, there was a guy who's like, I'm hand receded for all this shit. He's like, nope, we're going. Get on the plane, baby. We're out of here. That's uh, perfect. You're going to have to fill out missing information That's form the on those 23 A28s or A29s <laughs> and the M530 helicopter. And all the weightlifting equipment you left in the gym. All that weightlifting equipment. equipment. You know what? You could get you could get your audit. Your your audit's not going to go well. That's right. We're about to sue you on a personal lever. And we're like, uh, Sergeant Smith, I show you with 15 humidifiers that you signed for that you left over in Afghanistan. I'm not sure. That's a lot of money. That's a total of $3,500. Have you ever known anybody that's gotten their pay docked because they lost military equipment like that yeah yeah right I, sure I, I remember a lot like people getting threatened with that no 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 i've seen it and and it, it's not they take it all they just take like you know hey you're 300 bucks out of your paycheck for you know five for a year. years yeah and you're like god damn that's a mm. lot so that's poor judgment. All that stuff we're sending over there, maybe it makes it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it can't be that difficult to. I mean, it's got to be difficult to steal from the military, right? We're the biggest arms dealer in the world. We are. I know. Well, I think it's more that people have the same attitude you just said. Man, we can't walk in there and steal from there. They're probably they soldiers. Can't. And armed guards everywhere. There's we can't no walk in there. You can oh, do yeah. it, right? It's and then be. all of a sudden you walk in, you got two police, Poland police guys sitting in a van, and they're fucking having dinner. They're not watching <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, you show up at the bar, you give you're like, you'll never guess what I did today. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Ooh, locked up comment the other day. I just walked right in. I like those two guys sitting in the van, they're like, hey. They're like, don't worry about it. It's just, uh, we're just, he's got an ammo can. I got paperwork, dude. I got paperwork. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I got paperwork. We're good. Get back to you. Just drive it out. If I could do a Polish accent, that would have been hilarious. Get this. I got this. We're good. Yeah. Side four. What? Or Betty Eddie says, it's not worth $500. I can take it, right? It's all good. I can take it now. Yeah, or like San Francisco, it's gonna be yeah. nine ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, you're good if it's not five hundred. Uh, so, but it's got to be difficult, right? It's got to be that you can't just take from the Americans. You, can, you would well. think. Well, actually, you can if you're a German drunk. <laughs> so this story from Stars and Stripes: a German with a penchant for stealing U.S. Army Humvees goes on a drunken joyride. Hey now, let's go. <laughs> I like that. That sentence is so good. I know. He's got a penchant for doing it. Like, penchant. Because he's, oh, done it done it. he's done it three it's, times. Oh, I'm good at it now. So <laughs> a German like, man who police, uh, police say has a history of going joyriding in U.S. military vehicles saw his latest <laughs> escapade end when he was found on August 29th, drunk and unconscious after a 24-mile trip in a stolen army Humvee. That guy's my hero. I'm telling you. The 20, Doing it drunk. And he's 21 years old. 21-year-old swiped a vehicle from Shipton Kasern in Oberationbach. Oberationbach. Hmm. Sometime between 2.30 p.m. Monday, the 28th of August, and 6.45 a.m. Tuesday, the 29th of August. So somewhere in that, what? Five uh, period. Uh, 12 hours, 10 hours. They couldn't figure it out, but he got it. <laughs> he then drove nearly 24 miles north to Nuremberg while intoxicated and was found inside the Humvee early Tuesday, according to the statement. Wow. Army, Army officials are coordinating with German police to investigate. The vehicle belongs to the 5th Battalion, 4th Air Defense Artillery Regiment. No vehicle damage was reported, and the Humvee was returned to Shipton Concern. The, sp- the suspect does not have a driver's license, and he was cited twice in 2021 after taking Humvees from Shipton <laughs> and Bismarck <laughs> Barracks, police said. 
On one of those occasions, he took the vehicle for a 50-mile joyride across six villages and towns. I love how they call it a joyride. I think the army is just plain tempting. Hey, man, let's throw a freaking MB out in the yard and see if this guy comes back. It's like fishing. We'll just <laughs> throw it out there and we'll see if he What's takes it again. response time? <laughs> <laughs> like, until they come, until somebody until does an inspection. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, change over. Until they do uh, like, uh, like uh, <laughs> Well, now we used to have uh, part of the staff duty thing was a multiple closeout, right? You had it daily yeah. and you had it weekly. So he had to go down. He had to make sure all the vehicles were there. He had to do a multiple closeout. So if he stole it, he could have six, eight hours before they did their closeout. Never know. They're like, oh, you think uh, it's the civilian cops that are catching him? It's like, man, it's all what's his name again. I think it's the dummy army guys who are like, is this vehicle in the garage? They're like, nope. It should be right here. He only goes like 25 miles. Does he just abandon it then? I, maybe he gets so drunk he can't passed out this time. He's, uh, or better yet, the chain on the steering wheel wouldn't let him turn any further. Yeah, that could be. Direction. That could be. Right? Because you could start any Humvee. I think it's still yeah. that way. I don't think they ever made it for a key. All you got to do is warm the glow plugs up and then turn it over. Turn it Clearly, yeah. it's easy to start. Yeah. Well, at, they said as of thursday the man was hospitalized for a mental health evaluation mm. and german prosecutors will decide later whether to charge him <laughs> so they don't even know whether to charge him i'm telling hey, you they were, crazy the humvee was nothing but bait for this guy i'm telling you oh, man, <laughs> he's done funny. it three times he's a successful fish it's like he's hey, good maybe he's he goes good. hey there's a humvee I know the soldiers are too dumb to know that I'm going to take it. I like it how it's a different. He gets drunk in different locations. Yeah. And he's like, so you think and he, he starts running towards you, it. You think he just drinks by a base just in case he needs to get a ride home? Yeah. That's a good idea. Like he's just laid out under a tree. He's yeah. like, watch well, he needs guys. some liquid courage, too. I man. know they they're going to go in and take up. a piss and get some. Uh, yeah. Rippets. When they go in, <laughs> I'm going to take it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have a great transition for this, so we'll just go into it. I was hoping to have a transition, a businessman transition, but I don't. Good business. Gentlemen, it's time once again for another round of Guess the Branch. Woo! Okay. Today, I like it. it's the businessman edition. Ooh, are we going to know these businessmen uh, by name? Uh, you will Just know local the... dudes. <laughs> <laughs> you will you know one out of five chances. You the will owner know... of Taco Bell. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> you will know the business. I've I put uh, there, there's a lot of them, right? And there's okay. a lot of All businesses right. that I'm like, ah, shit, I don't know those. So I put. Uh, 13 of the most, maybe it's 12, of recognizable business names on here. All right? Okay. I'm coming for you, Jake. All right. All yeah. right. You ready? Yeah, man. Yep. Here we go. Bill Bowerman. He was a Nike co-founder. He was a, uh, he founded it with uh, Phil Knight. Mm-hmm. But Nike I couldn't find anything on Phil Knight, so I left it to Bill Bowerman. All right, Jake, you want first? You want me? Oh, I'll take first. I'll go uh, Navy. Bill looks like a Navy man. Oh. I'm going to disagree. He's a oh. shoe guy. Means He's, he's going to disagree because he's white. He's a shoe guy. <laughs> shoe guys make boots. So I'm saying Army for Mr. Bowerman. Oh, I like the creative. Oh, okay. The, the creative uh, logic. Bowerman was ROTC at the University of Oregon. Oh, cool. Then he joined as a second lieutenant following the days, uh, uh, in the days following the Pearl Harbor attack. He was assigned to Fort Lawton. That's obviously long gun in Washington and served a three year and served three years there before being assigned to the 86th Mountain Infantry Regiment at Camp Hale in Leadville, Colorado. Wow, how about that? He's a local yeah. boy. So Bill Bowerman was in the army. 
He said, these friggin' boots is, suck. I got to come out with a great tennis shoe. Who is Back the Army the- guy, <laughs> the Army celebrity that it was at uh, Leadville? Oh, the, uh, James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, who guessed that one? Uh, I got that one right. Oh, you got that Army with your roundabout logic. That worked. <laughs> Brad Smith, co-founder of FedEx. That's an Air Force guy standing in front of an airplane looking like a super-duper pilot. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, Air Force. I'm going to uh, say Navy also again. Navy. Navy. All right. Fred Smith was in the Marines. Oh, oh. close. F point. He graduated from Yale. Get that right at all. Dang. Smith was con- commissioned in the U.S. Marine Corps serving three years from 66 to 69. He served two tours of duty in the Vietnam Dang. War, where he received two Purple Hearts, a Silver Star, and the Bronze Star. Damn, man, that's quite a badass. And he yeah. he created FedEx. So he's is uh, he was uh, either the founder or co-founder of FedEx. Son of a bitch. All right, man. yeah, pretty that's cool. pretty impressive. All right. All right, next up, Bob Parsons, GoDaddy. You know GoDaddy.com. <laughs> Okay. I do. They used to have the greatest commercials until they kind of took yeah, yeah. yeah, they were great commercials. Right? This one's on you, Jake. Yeah, it looks like an army man right there. Because he's got that silly fucking grin like he's been eating crayons. <laughs> I'm going to say he's a, he's a Marine. And he's got the neck of a bulldog. <laughs> yeah, he's a Marine. Bob Parsons, founder of GoDaddy, was in the Marines! Very good, Eric. <laughs> Parsons enlisted in the U.S. Marines after flunking high school. He served in the Vietnam War as a rifleman, where he was wounded in action. This would earn him the Purple Heart, among other honors. Wow. And so, created a Damn, a Eric, you're up, you're up 2-0. Yeah, smoking. 2-0. Wow. All right, next up, Sam Walton, Walmart co-founder. Hmm. So Walmart logistical <laughs> supply guy, army guy. Yeah. I'm gonna say army. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'll go with that. He looks army. Okay. Sam Walton was in the army. Yeah. <laughs> During oh, World he was War II, intelligence corps. Oh, wow. Sam Walton enlisted and served for three years in the Army Intelligence Corps. So he wasn't logistic. I, I commanded the supply unit. It freaking that's that was yeah. actually that was actually cool. sound logic, Eric. That was actually sound logic. <laughs> All right, how about his brother Bud Walton? Bud Walton, Walmart co-founder with his brother Sam. Did he follow in his brother's footsteps? Is it my turn? Yeah. Army. No. (laughs) I'm going to say he's Navy because he didn't want to be like his brother. He said, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I say Navy. Yeah. What do you You want Navy to do? No, I stick with my original. Army? Both are Army men. Bud Walton was in the Navy. Oh, Eric is on a roll. And he's not Real. a black guy. He's not a black guy. Bud what? <laughs> Jesus. Bud. Well, you might as well your go logic, with it. Nobody's your logic saying is 100% right. You might right. as well go with it. Yeah. yeah no, your your served, logic on Bud was a good one. I was like, he served as a Navy pilot during World War II on the yep. aircraft carrier USS Manila Bay in the South Wow, Pacific. very cool. Yeah. You know what? It's funny when you're when we talk about these guys. Notice how they've all been pretty much into shit. When we talked about the celebrities, yeah, yeah. they were you know how they were or, they were like a clerk. Or yeah, they something. they may have touched the fringe, but these right, guys right. these guys were in it. Yeah, maybe that. I, I don't. I wonder if there's a cor- well, correlation there, right? That's because, I think because this is a different whole generation. Now. Ah, this show. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were some older guys. No. Well, Jimmy, yeah, yeah, there was multiple things where they were pilots and that kind of thing. A lot of those guys were Depression-era guys coming out yeah. and going into yeah. World yeah. War II, right? Yeah. 
So what are you? What are you, is that? Four to? No, it's three because we both got three. The one Rio. Three. No, you got one, Jake. You said the same way. Well, it would be three, three, to three to one, one. then. But one. yeah. All right, here we go. Paul A. Sperry. I could not find a picture of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul A. Sperry, he he invented Is Sperry it? shoes, Sperry topsiders. Remember Sperry topsiders? Yep. That Navy. might be a hint. That's why I'm Navy. going. <laughs> yeah, that was a dead giveaway, right? Yeah. Paul A. Sperry uh, was in the Navy, Navy in 1917. He joined the Navy Reserves, and he got the inspiration yeah. for people slipping on the deck. So he did something with the soles, which I've yep. slipped my ass off in Sperry topsiders. So I don't know what he did with those things. <laughs> Uh, Damn, I but, didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, he he I guess he sold uh he spent, he founded Sperry Shoes in 1935 and then sold a ton to the Navy. Wow. So well done. Uh okay, that one's a wash. I don't even want to count that one, right? <laughs> Three one. Bob Ross. <laughs> the joy of painting. That was his that was his whole uh gig, right? Yeah. I think I, I think I know this one. I think he was a Marine. <clears throat> Look at that hairy beard. Tell me he wasn't a Marine. <laughs> He's, yeah. He's fighting against it, huh? <laughs> He's rebelling. <laughs> oh. Man, that's a good guess. I'll go Air Force. I'll be ridiculous. Oh, and Bob Ross was in the Air Force. Oh, oh no way. Yeah. He enlisted in the Air Force in 61 at age 18. Spent 20 years. He got to a master wow. sergeant. Damn, look at the picture. It does not even look at like Ileson, the same guy. And he was a first sergeant at Ileson Air Force Base, Alaska. Wow. Well yeah. done with those tiny little trees. Well done. <laughs> oh, that's what? Four, two, four, three? No, three to two. Three to two. Jack Taylor, <laughs> Enterprise <laughs> Rent-A-Car. Hmm. This one's on your what era? What era is that? That's probably <laughs> 70. Vietnam. Look at those cars. That's got to be 67. Yeah, so he's got to be before. He's a Navy man. And of, uh, of World War II Navy man. Wanted to keep his feet on dry land, man. I think he's Army. Jack Taylor, founder of Enterprise Rent a Car, was in the Navy. Yeah. Nice little run, Jake. Oh, and the end of World War II. Yeah. Nice. Called it. And he was quite the badass. So he no dropped fight. out of business school in 1940 to join the Navy as a naval aviator. He served in World War II, stationed aboard the USS Essex and Enterprise, oh. flying F4F Hellcat fighters. That's pretty cool. He earned two distinguished service crosses and an air medal, man. That's bad. Yeah. That's badass. Wow. That guy was going to do Pretty something good. great. Right? In the shit. Yep. Yeah, that, that air medal is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Man, this is, and a service, distinguished service, service cross. Hell yeah. 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 What, that's the highest Navy, right? Other than the Medal of Honor. Uh, the yeah, I think so. Cross. I think the distinguished service or the, cross. No, it was the so. Navy cross. Navy cross. Oh, oh is that the distinguished? Is that yeah. Okay. All right. Wow, that's tied up now. Yep. Wow. Tree, tree. Gordon Logan, Sport Clips. He founded uh, Sport Clips. Really? Right? He's a hair guy. Oh, man. That I'm screams gonna, Marine. Does that give you some guy. kind of insight? He's a hair <laughs> guy. I'm, you know what? I'm going to say this is an Air Force guy. No? Okay. <laughs> I'm going army. Gordon Logan, uh, founder of Sport Clips, was in the Air Force. Oh. So he's 69, 76. He was an Air Force aircraft commander flying C 130 cargo planes over South Vietnam and later relocating South Vietnamese refugees. You know, it's really, really cool. I'm telling you, we'll re emphasize this point that these guys actually did something. When yeah. they were in the military, they yeah, were part of true. something. That's, that's really cool. Uh oh, so you forge into the lead by one. Four to three. Chuck Wallace, e-surance. Remember e-surance? I think Allstate bought him. 
But remember e-surance? I remember e-surance. I bet he made a shit ton of money on the sale of that thing. He made a lot of money. Jake, this one's on you. Yeah, I'm looking at Chuck's age and trying to figure out what era. <laughs> he's a clean-cut looking dude, isn't he? He is. I think he's a Marine. Vietnam era Marine. No, uh, he's too clean-cut, man. Oh, he's an O. I don't see That's it for sure. Yeah, I don't see any dirt on his face or anything. So <laughs> I uh I'm gonna go Air Force again, man. He looks like a pilot. Ooh, walks, okay. Walks Chuck right Wallace up. for e-shirts was in the Air Force. Oh. He's oh. an Air Force Academy yeah. graduate and a C one thirty instructor pilot at Reese. Air Force and he fits that bill to a T. I'm telling you. And I and and a lot of you know you're going to see a lot of these that I have no pictures of them in the military. I could not find a lot of pictures on these guys. Mm. So that's why I put the Air Force Academy. Yeah. Wow. Is that four to five? Five three. I'm up two. Whoa! 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 Up two. Up two. Bounced up again. Dave Linegar, Remax creator remax founder he's got a place uh, here in colorado out of colorado yeah remax yep. is out of colorado oh is he the one that lives over by salida back yep. there um, he lives now? he lives by like kind of lone tree area oh, right okay. in between uh you mean he uh, owns. castle rock <laughs> oh yeah he owns all of lone tree he actually right. opens up he's got a private golf course and no every way. year yeah it's beautiful uh every year he opens it up to any, and he does it in a specific day. Today is Army Day, and he throws a which freaking, course is that? Sanctuary. It's, it's his. It's his course. It's oh the sanctuary. God. I think it is. Oh yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It's sanctuary. It's the sanctuary. Every year they do yeah. that. They open. You know it up. why he they, did the course? They open it up that to guy? Air Force. They open it up to different branches every single year. He asked the local course that lives right by that operates right by his house for a membership. And they said no. So he said, screw it. I'll make Dips. my own and made his own course. I want to make sure it is the oh, sanctuary. Though. You understand I am a billionaire, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why people do that. Oh my God. But either way, I was, I got to go play golf there one year. Didn't we oh, do that man. together? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought we did. Of course, Cherry was with us and, uh, well, it seems like it. Anyway, yeah. that that's a fantastic course. That's that's so. And great. that is correct. So it's you the played, sanctuary. You played it, Eric. You played. No, I've not. Oh, it's, it's so the sanctuary great. in Castle Pines. Yeah, it's beautiful. Dave and Gail Linger own the exclusive sanctuary, and they carefully preserve the finely balanced ecosystem by restricting the traffic to a mere nine thousand rounds per year. That's nice when you can like, hey, I built this golf course, but I don't want a whole lot of people. Yeah, that's cool. He's a he's a big fella. So I don't I don't think he did any humping with the Marines. I'm gonna say he's army. <laughs> Just he's an army guy. Uh, <clears throat> army. Navy. If you're going off that, modern day Navy hires them by the pound. Yeah. And they need ballast. Right. You're saying he's a big guy. <laughs> Dave Linegar, founder of Remax, was in the Air Force. Air Force. Ooh, struck out there, didn't we? He served in the United States Air Force for five years from 65 to 71, serving in Vietnam, Thailand, Texas, and Arizona. He ended his career at ROTC Detachment at Arizona State University. That was a tough job to finish your career with. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to underestimate <laughs> you. <laughs> no points awarded. <clears throat> Blake Hall, ID me. Now I didn't know. I never knew oh. of Blake Hall, but I've used ID me like yeah, I've used ID right? me. Yeah, ID me. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, if you, you if you, you probably do anything on to... government, it's ID me yep. is the easiest. That's great. It's a sign in me. thing. It's a software sign in thing. Okay, Jake, your call. <laughs> Army. Army, huh? He doesn't look army though. No, he as doesn't. As soon as I army. said it, I was like, he doesn't. <laughs> he, doesn't he doesn't look army. <laughs> um 
because of the whole just the bland thing, I'm going to say he was a Marine. Lake Hall, founder of ID Me, was in the Army. <laughs> Hall served in Iraq nice. as an Army rifle platoon leader, reconnaissance officer, and logistics officer, among other things. He left the Army in 2008 with two bronze stars. Wow. Look at his face, man. It looks like is a it, woman. He's he's he looks like Michael oh, Jackson after a bunch of surgery. Can't trash on poor Blake here. We're we're calling Dave from Remax fat. Hey, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Blake's plastic I'm sorry. face. We're calling that guy yeah. that billionaire, this multimillionaire. The guy looked like he could be transitioning, get, man, from woman in the army oh, to just get done saying, "Oh, all these guys have done stuff. They're badasses." Okay. I'll put he's my got army two bronze stars. <laughs> That's true. Two he does. bronze stars. I can't. Look at this right. effeminate looking SOB. All right. Hold up. Blake, I apologize. Well done for being in the army. Good job. Right. That's cool. Eric Perot. You can find him <laughs> on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. History does it all. Mr. Papa Bear. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, are we tied or, or are you still up by one? I have no clue. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm up by one. I think Eric's up by one or two. This one you should know, or you might know. I'm not sure. So I threw it in there at the end. Evan Hafer, Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, It's the last one. Black Rifle Coffee. Last one. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like he was some kind of sniper unit kind of guy. Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle, right? Black Rifle. Right? Uh, Army. Army. I'm going to say Army, too. No, man. You couldn't have gone. You know special forces. He was in the Army. You don't create something called Black Rifle Coffee. But he was a hell of an Army man. I think the the other founder is a SEAL. Yeah, I think you're right. right? So the both of them are all, both of them are. Yeah. Okay. Black Rifle. Very days. familiar with Black Rifles. Prior to founding Black Rifle Coffee Company in 2014, Heifer served in the U.S. Army for 20 years, 15 in Special Forces, where he was a Green Beret with 19 wow. Special Forces Group. That I think that was my it. brother's. I'm going to pull at Eric here and be like, I bet he can't even connect that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> Got the softest hands in the business, just steaming them all day around. That That's what no we cows. do here on Service Headline News. We, we, uh, <laughs> we trash out the billionaires man. and billionaires. <laughs> How many times have we brought this guy, these guys up though, in conversation with like supporting veterans and then oh, supporting yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the translators oh, yeah. and all doing the good stuff they do it's all amazing. that good stuff we've amazing right. we've brought up him and his company multiple <laughs> times and now we're like look at this guy and then eric dogs, and then eric dogs <laughs> him out by race and by other characteristics yeah there. exactly <laughs> all right i'm telling you old blake the last guy could have potentially been a woman <laughs> I'm sorry. He used a lot of moisturizer. (laughs) He had a lot of sunscreen on or something. A lot of product. Yeah, and he took that and made a billion dollars and said, thank Uh, you very much. Yes. He said, I don't really give a shit what you think. Eric, I think you won that, right? By one. I did. I think I won by one. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so that was cool. That was cool. There's a lot of businessmen. There's a lot of businesswomen, but there's some businesses I never heard of. So that was kind of that was fun. Uh, all that note, I think we're rounds complete. End of mission and end up. Woo, end of the mission. Uh, on behalf of all of us here, yep. I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. Let us know what you'd like to see, please, because we're running out of ideas. <laughs> and as always, make sure to download the next episode for more service headline news. Man, Woo. thanks for the week, and I'll see you next week. Gentlemen, had a, had a great time talking to you later. Yep, it's always a good time. And Eric, I'm a little disappointed that I actually went to your house the other day because now I feel guilty after meeting your wife. I feel guilty for making fun of you because she's such a wonderful lady. And I'm like, I just trash on her on a weekly basis. She don't mind. Trust me, it's all good. <laughs> She had a good time, man. She enjoyed everybody's company. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. Good stuff.
I think all the teenagers hate it. But I would they, they looked like it. Like, <laughs> that was their game face. Jesus yeah. Christ. That was their game face. <laughs> like, who is this guy? Can he That's get out of my normal face. face. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>